Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Tennessee Titans minicamp is over. Training camp is on the horizon. And not a lot necessarily happening in between with one at least possible exception that would be notable, to say the least. Welcome in to the this edition of the Believe in Titans podcast with our usual lineup. I am David Beauclair, joined by former Titans cornerback Denard Walker. Denard, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing, David? I'm doing great. And uh, John Glennon of the Nashville Post. John, how are you? I'm doing well. Good to be here, guys. And let, let's let's not leave that teaser hanging. For those who have not heard, it was reported this week that DeAndre Hopkins will visit the Titans on Sunday as a as a free agent visit, as a uh, as an opportunity to check out the team, check out the coaches, check out the facilities, see if it fits with what he likes. Have some discussions, I'm sure, about contract parameters, at least, and whatnot. Mike Vrabel confirmed the reports that uh, that, that is going to happen. So uh, uh, it's no secret the Titans could use uh, some more talent at wide receiver. We talked last week. This is a, uh, this is a talented guy. Uh, Denard, what, what do you think the Titans what, – what must the Titans convince DeAndre Hopkins of in order to, to make him want to sign here? Well, you want to make a free agent feel at home, first of all. And we know that D-Hop has a lot of familiarity with his coaching staff. Um, in 2004, eight years, uh, Tim Kelly was in Houston. Uh, he had a stud receiver when he took over offensive coordinator in 2019. who went on to make the Pro Bowl that year, a man, young man by the name of DeAndre Hopkins. So, again, familiarity breeds success in this business. And, David, let me just say this. If when I left in free agency, what made me feel good uh, is that if when you're familiar with the coaching staff and when you go to something brand new, it's really scary. And and I'll be honest with you, David, when in 2000, after the 2000 season, Greg Williams and Jerry Gray left for Buffalo. And so I was crossing my fingers, hoping, you know what, in free agency, I hope Buffalo makes a move. But I found out Buffalo ownership didn't want none of the Titans. They brought in Eddie Robinson, but they didn't want a whole uh, pack of Titans to uh, end up migrating north. Still but bitter it, after the 99 playoffs? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just to let you know. One of the things, uh, and again, uh, I was, ju- uh, John, I actually watched that I Am an Athlete podcast. Okay. And, you know, DeAndre stated that one of the requirements that he was looking for in a new home is stability. Now, we know that right now stability is huge, especially when you talk Tennessee, because Mike Vrabel, we know there's one general um, in Nashville, and that's Mike Vrabel. He's been there, what, going on six years now? And yep. he's probably going to be there another six, the way that he continues to win. So if I'm DeAndre, uh, listen, you got a team that just a few years ago, uh, I know we talk about that game against Cincinnati in the playoff, but they won the AFC. And so when you, they won that division, 
So you're talking about a team that was last year one game away from making the playoffs with a depleted roster. So he could be the X factor in this team getting over the hump. So if I'm Mike Vrabel and I'm Rand Carthen, I'm going to try to win. I'm going to try. Listen, we're going to do whatever we have to do to make a splash in free agency. And what better way than get D hop to Nashville. John Glennon, uh, you know, I guess, I guess how, how good a chance do you think the Titans have, you know, given some of what Denard said, given, uh, given, you know, he, he's not going to have to look for opportunities to get the ball. You know, if he comes here, he knows he's going to, he's going to have passes thrown his way. How do you, uh, how do you size up this opportunity for him and, and for this team in, in terms of trying to get him? Yeah, I, I certainly think uh, you know the the chances are much better now than than what I would have believed you know uh, just a, just a week ago or so. You know, I, I wrote about it when when DeAndre Hopkins uh, initially was released by the Cardinals. I said you know the Titans have to get involved on this because of their their wide receiver situation. They have to give it the try. I said, but you know it, it strikes me as as kind of unlikely that DeAndre Hopkins would be interested in them because of the factors we talked about. This is a 30th-ranked offense from last year, the 30th-ranked passing offense from last year. But this this indication, this this report, uh, as you said, you know, confirmed by Mike Vrabel, that DeAndre Hopkins isn't just interested in the Titans; he's visiting. You know that that to me is is a, obviously a pretty concrete step. It's one thing to tweet out, "Hey, you know, the the, the Titans are, are are maybe a team that DeAndre Hopkins would would consider a visit." If you're going to the length of, of, you know, making the trip here, spending days with this organization, and from what we've heard anyway, there are no other visits scheduled, at least that have been publicly revealed right now. But I think that's another significant step, uh, you know, in the, in the right direction for the Titans also. Um, you know, Denardia, you you mentioned uh, Mike Brabel and, and Tim Kelly. You know, another connection, too, that, that um, we probably haven't uh, mentioned yet is Charles London also. You know, Charles London spent... Uh, I think four years in the Texans organization when D Hop was there. Now he was the running backs coach there, but obviously, you know, still I'm sure some relationships uh, were formed then. And Charles London, as we know now, is not only the quarterbacks coach with the Titans, but the passing game coordinator. So you, you know, you're you're looking now at uh, DeAndre Hopkins having potential connections to the head coach, offensive coordinator, and passing game coordinator. You know, all of which makes for a very, very comfortable situation. And then I'll say last, you know, on the on the one hand, you, you think, well, DeAndre Hopkins hasn't hasn't had a whole lot of playoff success. He's he's getting up in years a little bit. Maybe he'd want to go to an, a you know a supposed Super Bowl contender. But the teams that he has been linked to so far aren't necessarily that. In addition to the Titans, you know, we've heard rumors of the Browns. We've heard rumors of the Texans. And those are familiarity things also. He has familiarity with Deshaun Watson. He has familiarity with the city of, of Houston and the team, the Texans, too. So I, I like the Titans' chances uh, a whole lot better now that now that I've heard he's visiting than, than certainly I did earlier. Yeah, and there's been some speculation, maybe even New England, where Bill O'Brien, his former head coach, was uh, you know is is now the offensive coordinator. And and, and John, did you find it fascinating? Is the more I I, I thought about this. Typically, when Mike Vrabel is asked about these sorts of things, 
he he's very vague you, you know when 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 these when these kinds of things come up it's it's well you know we're we're always interested in adding as many good players as we can to the team we, you know the, the you know DeAndre Hopkins is certainly a good player and he's out there you know but but for him to to be specific and say yeah he's coming here and and we're going to talk to him I, I thought that was I thought that was a little out of character maybe to the point that it it same sort of thing. It says something that he feels good about this possibility to, you know, more so than, than he would maybe just your standard guy, uh, guy who was available at this point. And, and if, you know, let's, let's, let's be clear about this too. If the Titans are able to sign DeAndre Hopkins, it, it changes the whole feel about this off season. I, I think for most fans, it, it's been underwhelming. I think people feel pretty good about the draft, particularly the first part of the draft and, and Peter Skaronsky, I, I, you know, the, the free agency period hasn't overwhelmed the, uh, you know, didn't knock anybody's socks off. Uh, you know, when, when you're talking about a couple of offensive linemen and, uh, and, and you know, good linebackers, but not guys who have been pro bowlers or all pros uh, you know, when you, when you talk about Arden key or, or the other guy out of San Francisco, you know, these, these, these guys didn't create the kind of buzz that Bud Dupree did a couple of years ago. This, this is a move that would create some buzz and would, would definitely, I think, build some some momentum among the fan base going into training camp for whatever that's worth. Um, Denard, I want to I want to ask you. You know, you talk about familiarity and, and how important that's going to be. So, you know, clearly his conversations with with Mike Vrabel and Tim Kelly are going to be paramount. But but what can Rand Carthen do then? Assuming assuming they only know each other in passing or whatever. What what, what can what does Rand Carthen's role need to be this weekend? Well, you want to sell him, you know, that you want to make sure that you make him feel at home. You want to make him feel like, you know what you are. You can be the X factor uh, on this football team. David, it, it was interesting. I was reading earlier and something came to mind and I was thinking about this. Now, last year, the leading receiver for the Tennessee Titans, I believe, was Robert Woods. Correct? Correct. Okay, this is an interesting fact. In 2022, Tennessee attempted 456 passes. 170, 170 of those passes went to players that are no longer on, on the 2023 roster. So Robert Woods is gone. Austin Hooper is gone. So that what I can sell that point is that now who, who becomes the focal point? You can become the focal yeah. point of this offense. You're talking about 170 receptions, nearly half of the receptions were by uh, a few players that are no longer here. So now you become the focal part, not to mention you pair with Traylon Burks. Now we know next year teams are going to say, Hey, who would, who is not going to beat us? Teams are going to start hunkering down on Traylon Burks because they know what he's capable of doing, especially in the passing game. He's explosive. So that will leave one-on-one matchups for D hop. That's what teams will do is say, listen, you got a 31 year old receiver going into his 11th year, sometimes you will find matchups where it'd be favorable from D-Hop because you have man-to-man coverages on that side, and then you may have a, a team that's going to double trailing Burks. So that's more opportunities for you to make plays in the passing game next season. John, there is – there are the reports that that he's not a guy who loves practice for you know and and that there's there's some you know there's some sense that he's taking his time with this so he didn't have to worry about mini camp and that sort of thing. Um, 
Mike Vrabel knows him well enough. Can can Mike Vrabel live with that sort of thing, given that that he does know this guy and that they have a relationship? Well, I think he has to, um, you know, and, and it is a little bit reminiscent of, of the whole Jadevian Clowney offseason chase, too, you yeah. know, and similar connections. Mike Vrabel and, and Clowney and similar, uh, you know, maybe dragging out a little bit in the offseason. And, and again, that thought that maybe he doesn't want to get involved in a whole lot of minicamp and OTAs and all that kind of stuff. So there's similarities there. But, yeah, I think uh, fortunately or unfortunately for the for the Titans, they have put themselves in this position where they – need to go after uh, DeAndre Hopkins, even though there are red flags. And those red flags are, yeah, not, uh, you know, some of the Julio Jones type care, uh, you know, concerns, the age, you know, the, the, uh, the injury situation, he's missed 15 games over the last two years. Six of them were a PED suspension, but nine were due to injuries. Um, the fact that, that, you know, he, he doesn't have a huge practice regimen, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But if you're the Titans, you, you put yourself in this position by trading A.J. Brown, by not developing or drafting enough good wide receivers. You have no choice uh, at this point. When when Mike Brabel and Rand Carthen said at the draft, okay, you know, well, sure, there'll be plenty of uh, free agent wide receivers in the next few months that'll come open. You know, don't don't worry about this lack of wide receivers right now. Well, this is as good as it gets right, right now for free agent offseason wide receivers. When a potential Hall of Famer gets dropped uh, you know, released in in the uh, in the middle of the off season, you have no choice if you're the Tennessee Titans. You put yourself in this spot. You have to 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 make the uh, the run at DeAndre Hopkins, despite the concerns out there, and there are certainly some. Uh, you you have to make this uh, happen, or, or or give it your best shot anyway. Well, one guy nobody's ever questioned his work ethic is is Kevin Byard. There uh, there have been questions and concerns about Byard throughout the off season. Uh, he capped minicamp. Speak met with the media finally on the uh, on the last day of minicamp. Didn't uh, uh, di- didn't send up any red flags. Didn't didn't make any any big time headlines with what he said. In a nutshell, he said he planned to skip OTAs all along and and do what he's done in recent years. That uh, he he he's not angry at management for asking him to take a pay cut or whatever. Uh, Denard Walker, is this a uh, is this a veteran player who knows how to uh, knows how to say the right things in front of the cameras and the microphones and the notepads and whatnot, or is is do you take this as genuine sentiment from uh, from the mayor of Murfreesboro? He knows what to say. He knows <laughs> that's what you're supposed to say to the media, so you don't stir anything up. I mean, that's exactly what you do when you've been in the game for eight years and you are a two time first-team All-Pro. He, he knew exactly what to say so we would make an issue of this thing, and deservingly so. I mean, if I'm Rand Carthon right now, you got to make this work with Kevin because outside of Kevin, we know that this secondary, especially at the safety position, let's say if Kevin went down, we know the history with Amani last year. He went down. This is a team that was decimated by injuries. And, the, and let's, let's be honest with you, the secondary was the Achilles heel at times. They were 32nd in the league in passing. You got Josh Thompson. We haven't been big because we don't know nothing about Josh Thompson. Shaheen Carter, Mike Brown, and now uh, potentially uh, it could be Elijah Molden back there. So if you're Rand Carthon right now, you're saying, listen, this is my best player. This is the captain of the defense. And, and then, but not to mention, Kevin did state that Tennessee knew that he was skipping OTAs. Now, 
So he quoted, he was in the uh, media quoting that. So this is not something that it, it seems like an issue. And Shane Bowen, his defensive coordinator, gave him a kind of a thumbs up just to let him know that he was with Kevin because he said, listen, everybody has a different way about how they train in the offseason, which is true. I think this is his first time for what I understand from John, you and David, that he's been away from the facility for this amount of time. So, yes, he is mad. He should be. I wouldn't want to say a bad word on this podcast, but he should be mad as you know what, that they came to him and say, listen, we want you to take a pay cut. And that's exactly what happened to players in the sleeve. As you get up in age, he's 29 years old. That's exactly what happened. So if you, Kevin, you got to take a stand and not to mention, listen, if they can't make this work, and let's say they allow um, the marshal to leave, I guarantee you that he will be on a jet somewhere the next day visiting 31 other franchises. So they got to make this happen. Yeah. I, I mean, and, and this is a guy, of course, I think we've discussed this, who's, who's restructured his contract twice previously to help, uh, help with, I mean, it, it, this is, this is one of those things. It, it's, it's not new in the NFL. It, it, to your point, Denard, it happens all the time. You know, fans should be used to it by now. Players should be used to it by now, but it, it, it just hits, a sour note every time. And, uh, and John, I'll ask you, did, did, was there anything to be read between the lines of when Kevin Byard met the media and with what he said this week? No, I, I, I tend to lean towards uh, what Denard's thoughts are also though. I, I, you know, Kevin Byard is a very classy individual, very professional, uh, knows what to say and do. So, you know, I I I wasn't necessarily surprised that he didn't come up, step up to the Titans podium and rip on the Titans. You know that that wasn't necessarily a shocker, but I, I just find it a little surprising that this had been Kevin Byard's routine all throughout his career is be a guy who's almost always at every OTA. You know, work out with the team, work out of the team facility, and it worked. It worked for him. You know. Uh, seven years. How many games did he miss? Zero. Uh, you know, two All-Pro uh, seasons. He's had you know twenty-seven picks, nine picks over the last two years. So this routine has has been great for him. You know, from from as far as anybody can tell. So it would strike me as a little bit unusual that all of a sudden he would say, "Nah, you know, this year I've decided to train on my own. Uh, I'm I'm not going to be going in there. You know, un- unless it's absolutely mandatory." So that part just seemed a little a little off to me, and and you know, for all we know, you know, Kevin Byer certainly you know may have told his coaches uh, that hey, I'm going to start doing the, the the solo thing this off season, and I won't be in there as much. But why wouldn't one of the, the coaches have said that when Byer's absence was brought up? Why wouldn't Mike Brabel have said we're good with Kevin? He told us months ago that he was not going to be in here so fine stop your worrying stop the stories right there shane bowen too was was asked about kevin byard's absence uh never once said yeah kevin byard told us specifically that he was not going to be here so i don't know some some things kind of kind of didn't sound right it it was a little bit too easy of an explanation for me and and uh i'll I'll, you know I'll, i'll defer to kevin byard being a very classy guy and and uh, you know, not 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 necessarily wanting to to make any more headlines um, with his explanation today. Yeah, I mean, to that point, he's always he's always been good with the media, and, and good in the in the sense that he is available and willing to talk. But good from the team perspective 
in that he never says anything inflammatory. He, you know, he's a, he's a smart, smart guy, knows how to, knows how to handle this situation where you, you know, as a reporter, you walk away from him going, okay, I I got something out of that, but you didn't, you, you didn't get anything crazy out of it ever. And, uh, He's, uh, you know, I, I guess, I guess my question, Denard, then is, you know, how, how much did he accomplish? How much did the defense accomplish with him this week after having not had him on the field through OTAs and things? How, how important was that in terms of preparation for the season? Well, just his presence alone. I mean, that is an all pro. You imagine. You got a young defensive player coming in, right? Like a young safety. Uh, I don't know who's out there right now. So you got a bunch of young free agents in, in camp. And you imagine Kevin Bard, Grace, and he comes right by you. And imagine what you end up soaking up when he's talking to you, telling you what to do on this play, how to how to run this coverage. Because one of the hardest things for a player to do is to try – uh, is trying to do things on your own. You need the presence of a veteran to help lead you in the right direction. And this is not uncommon. This happened back in 1997 when I first got in camp. Blaine Bishop was uh, in a contract dispute. And so when when Big Brother, you didn't see him around the facility now. And he was just coming off of a Pro Bowl season. I guarantee you that I, I don't remember the other two safeties that they had behind him, but Jeff Fisher and Floyd Reese knew we better get this deal done or we in trouble. And that's exactly what you have to do. Sometimes you can set the tone by not saying anything at all, David, just stay away. And if you're not in an agreement with the, with the management right now, I don't, I don't blame you, David, you just alluded to the fact this is not the first time uh, that they uh, came to uh, Kevin and asked him to do some kind of deal or restructure. You said, Twice, he's restructured his deal to help meet uh, kind of the, the criteria for this team to move forward. He's 29 years old. We know that as a former player, when you start getting up in the 29s and the 30s, we know that your value diminishes. So right now, some players are telling you, listen, I got to get what I can get because I know that my time is limited. That's just the way players think. So assume for a second, Denard, he's angry. He is angry. Okay, will will he still be angry at training camp? Will he still be angry at week one? At, at what point does that sort of get pushed aside and he's like, okay, none of that matters. I'm playing football now. Lamonte, if they don't pay him what they're supposed to be paying him, he, <laughs> you probably won't see him at training camp. This is just – hey, listen, this is what he's doing. He's letting management know, listen – I'm on my own. I'm training right now because this is about me. I've done everything for this organization that a player can do. Listen, I've met you guys right there. I've done everything. David, you talked about the fact that last year he could have easily set the game out against Dallas. It was a meaningless game, and he still played anyways. That shows you the character that Kevin KB has. Not a lot of players would do that. If someone told me, Denard, you can take the game off up against Dallas and then just get, you know, we'll be ready next week against Jacksonville. I'll be like, yes, I'm going to take that game off. I'm going to relax and chill, you know, and do what I got to do because it's meaningless. He went out there and didn't miss a beat. He played every down. David, 
This is an organization. This is right now where Rand Carthon has got to say, listen, I got to do what I got to do to get this player in camp right now because Josh Thompson and Shaheem Carter, Elijah Moulton, they need help. They just can't rely on the defensive back coach to coach them. You need a player out there to show you how, listen, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to help you uh, get you in position to make plays. That's what his presence brings. He brings that leadership. And without Kevin, I don't see this defense being a top-rate defense next year. John, he, he brings up an extra point, an interesting point, or, or raises a question in my mind, I guess, at least in terms of Rand Carthen, a first-time general manager. Is this a, is this a mistake by Rand Carthen or is this just is this just a move that he he he's trying to trying to do some business if 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 he can't get buyer to take a pay cut he'll find the money somewhere else no big deal it, it, you know what how how critical a situation is this for uh, for Rand Carthen in his development as a general manager yeah i think it's probably a, a little bit of both i mean in in some sense yeah it's business as usual teams do ask players to to take a pay cut but but to me that's not that was knocking on the wrong door in this kind of situation and I know you look at salaries you look at cap hits and Kevin Byard has a 19 million dollar cap hit this year second only to to Ryan Tannehill is at 36 and and maybe logic tells you okay here's a good guy to ask if he'll he'll take a pay cut but to me in a lot of ways you know whether it was on the field or off the field Kevin Byard was kind of the model employee you know for for this Titans franchise you know anything this team wanted whether it was on the field you guys referenced the the game he didn't need to play he's, he's still out there playing uh, um you know the the leadership uh, you know that that he exhibited for for you know all the younger players out there uh and and even off the field spent on too. special teams even when he was a starter and a pro bowler yeah yeah, yeah. and 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 things off the field also you know if, if this organization ever needed oh hey can we get somebody to, to be, you know, uh, at this charity? Can we can we be can we ask somebody to be the face of of this drive that we wanted? Kevin Byard is the guy. Did everything, you know, that this Titans organization asked him to. And and I I just feel like he didn't say this today. I just feel like he might be thinking, my goodness, I, I I'm doing all this and and I'm the guy you guys come to 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 ask for a pay cut. Uh, you know, I so I I think to me I think Rand Carthen stubbed his toe. Uh, on on this one, and you know he is a rookie GM, and and this happens, um, but you know perhaps he'll he'll know better uh, next time, and and you know as as I look ahead, I don't I don't see Kevin Byard you know missing any any time in, in camp or anything like that. You know obviously the the fines make a difference there, and I think Kevin Byard is professional enough to put this behind him. But what I think is getting hurt right now. Kevin, Kevin Byard isn't getting hurt by this. He's a he's a you know uh, seven eight year veteran who, who's been an All Pro. He's not going to miss out on too much in terms of of missing you know whether it's off season workouts next week or anything like that. The the Titans are the team that misses out. I think um, the reason for that is as as we've been talking about all night. This is a very very young and inexperienced group of safeties, and his presence there. Uh, serves as a real benefit in terms of leadership for these younger guys, in terms of teaching for these younger guys who may be called upon to play a big role. So I think that the team ends up getting, uh, you know, a little short shifted uh, because Bayard is is not there. And and I think Bayard, uh, you know, as I say, he's a classy guy. I, I think he's the, the the old phrase of forgive but not forget. I, I think that probably applies to Kevin Bayard right now. He's willing to kind of forgive what has happened, but I don't think it's going to, I don't think he's going to forget the situation either. 
Yeah, it, you know, at this point, it's not as egregious as 2001 when Randall Godfrey agreed to a pay cut early in the offseason and then a month or two later was pulled off the practice field so that he could be cut. Um, you know, it, it's not as egregious as barring Steve McNair from the facility because they were going to have to unload him at some point. It's not as egregious as trading A.J. Brown to the Philadelphia Eagles and having A.J. come back and just destroy you a few months later. But uh, but but this uh, this 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 certainly ranks somewhere on the scale of the uh, the worst front office moves of the uh, of the Tennessee era for this franchise and uh and depending on where it goes from here it has a chance to to move up the list significantly i think but uh but for now kevin byard is still a starting safety and an unquestioned leader of the defense and and one of if not the best players on this team period as uh, as as we start to look ahead to training camp though um, not not every position is as settled. Not everyone clearly is as established as uh, as Kevin Byard. Denard, as you look at this roster, you know the the presumed depth chart right now. Who who concerns you? Where where do you see where do you see concern where the, or that where this team can still you know maybe come up short uh, when the season starts? Oh, that's easy. We talked about it all last. I mean, last season receiving core. I mean, right now, I mean, this is, I mean, David, I keep looking at this receiving core and we knew when we watched last year film, we know what the King is going to do. The offensive line, of course, they were banged up last year, but let's say you have consistency uh, at the offensive line position. We know what you're going to get from RT at the quarterback. You got arguably the best running back in the game. So the biggest question mark for this team next going into 2023 is, your receivers. I mean, your 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 leading receiver, at least coming back for the twenty twenty three season, is Nick Westbrook Akine. But you've been you've been high on Traylon Burks. I mean, I'm very high. Are you are you confident Traylon Burks is going to be a, a, a an every week contributor? You know, whereas last like last season we saw some terrific moments from him. Then then you know he he would get hurt or he right. he some less. I mean, can he you you confident that he's going to be an every week? player for this team this year. Well, I'm hoping so because let's just say Traylon gets hurt, David. I mean, we hate that's be the worst scenario right now, but let's say if he went down in week four, who do you go to? Yeah. Are you going to go to Cal- Phillips? That's just more passes for DeAndre. There you go. Again, <laughs> I mean, they're going to suit one of us up. So again, I mean, let's just say that's why this D-Hop signing would be, it would be so big for this offense because it's not just the receiving court. It takes the pressure off of Derrick Henry. I mean, if if you when you play Tennessee and the only thing you're worried about is number what is the king, then it, that's half of the battle for a defensive coordinator. So I put myself in the role of a defensive coordinator. And I'm if I'm playing Tennessee, I can run man to man on the outside because I know that my guys can match up against any of these receivers other than Traylon Burks. So if you don't sign DeAndre Hopkins or a big name free agent, you might see teams say on the perimeter, we're going to guard, we're going to double team Traylon Burks, and we're going to make Chris Moore, Nick Westbrook, Akina, Cal Phillips, Racy Matt, everybody but Traylon Burks beat us. And last year, this team showed they cannot beat no one on the perimeter unless it was Las Vegas, in which Robert Woods had a big game. 
It's going to be eight men in the box. It, it's going to be some, nine. Sometimes nine, exactly. Yeah, just you know, there, there's going to be no no fear out there. John Glennon, uh, you know, as you look at this roster, where do you see question marks? I still can't get uh, get get past the concerns, the question marks at left tackle, uh, who I presume at, at this point is going to be Andre Dillard. Uh, you know, I don't think that's set in stone. You may, may see Peter Skaronsky there, but let's face it, uh, they, they paid Andre Dillard starters money. There's a guy who's played a lot more left tackle than, than any other position in the league. So as we look at the depth chart right now, I, I think this is a guy who's going to be starting at arguably, you know, one of the most position, most important positions uh, on the team. And, and you look at the background, you're starting left tackle then, is a guy who played 37 offensive snaps last season. Uh, not with your team either. Uh, you know, he, he's a guy with nine starts over over four years. One year he missed entirely uh, due to injury. Uh, um, and, and when he came back, he couldn't win the, the starting job uh, back at th- this point. So it, to me, I, I still think you're taking a leap of faith uh, with Andre Dillard. You know, there there's certainly um, you know potential. There's there's a, a high upside. He is a first round draft pick who everybody always believes there's there's still untapped talent. But you know, you're you're paying him starters money. He's likely, I think, at this point, uh, to to be your starting left tackle. And there's not much of a track record there at this point. Now, if it doesn't work, you've always got Skaronsky as the backup plan. You know, maybe he ends up being left tackle. But I, I still uh, I still wonder how that's going to work out. Yeah, for for me, and and it's not a question of whether he's a good enough player, because we've seen cornerback Christian Fulton play really, really well, and it, and at times, particularly early last season, he was uh, he was the best player in 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 the the Titans secondary. I thought, you know, outside of Kevin Byard, of course, but uh, but you know, Mike Vrabel brought it up at the end of the off or at the end of the season. You know, guys who continue to have these injuries. And you look at uh, you look at Christian Fulton's first three years. You know his his second game in the league. He he made an interception against Jacksonville, and it was uh, it was a big one. He returned it forty four yards for a touchdown. Two weeks later, he was inactive because of an injury, and uh, four weeks or three weeks after that. He's uh he's on injured reserve for a while, and even when he came off injured reserve, only played one out of three possible games uh, the rest of the, the rest of that season. It, it's uh, it, then he had a had a stretch where he missed a month in his second season last year. Uh, it was was in and out of the lineup all season with the hamstring injury. Um, it, it just you know for for guys like guys like that it it. it I I can't think of many examples of guys who have these consistent injury issues over a period of years, and then all of a sudden they go away. And so uh, to me, it feels like the next injury for Christian Fulton might be the worst one yet. And uh, and and if and if he does get hurt, then what happens? I mean, is is Caleb Farley going to be capable of stepping in there? And if if not Caleb Farley, then who? I mean, it it looks you know you've got then Roger McCreary, I guess, goes back to the outside where you know we have discussed right now. He's probably locked in as the slot cornerback for this year. It's uh it 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 it's a it's a it's a piece that they need to have. And they need to have right this year, and they need to have healthy. and And I, I'd love to see what this defense could do with 17 games from a healthy Christian Fulton, because we've never, never come close to that 
in the first three years here. So, uh, so that's, uh, you know, outside of the obvious ones, that's, uh, that's my big question, but we will, uh, we will, we will look at, uh, we will look at some other questions next time, but that will, uh, that will do it for this episode of the believe in Titans podcast. Uh, as always, Denard Walker, thank you. Thank you, David. And, uh, Christian Fulton will be healthy. He's LSU guy now. Come on. Okay. Good to know. DBU. There you go. John Glennon. Thank you. Thank you. And Christian Fulton did not take part of any camp. We don't know why. He's in Florida. He's in Florida. No, he's not. He's back. He's, oh, here. he's back. He was on the bike at one day. Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. Lord help us. And I am David Beauclair. This is the Believe in Titans podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.